and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in detail. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on internet radio station BFF.FM, or you can subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the first solo album from Francis Quinlan, who's the vocalist for Philadelphia band Hopalong. It starts out with a song called Piltdown Man. Dawson's Piltdown Man, teeth assembled from that of an orangutan. Why would he do such a thing? Of course, what a stupid question. Outside our little tent, your dog must have caught something. I've heard you both, and then I'll scream. Piltdown Man, of course, was an anthropological hoax that someone put together to out of orangutan bones and some other stuff to make what was allegedly a new species of prehistoric human that was fake. And this song is really charming. It's it's her lyrical style is very kind of sketching a scene. And we really it's very evocative of playing with two friends when you're a kid and camping out in their backyard and it's a great way to open this album and set the tone yeah i it yeah vividly drawn and yet you know i think there's this sense of childhood being this warm fun time but also these hints of darkness of like oh you have this dog but it's gonna catch an animal and that's pro- maybe problematic like oh there's some dead thing around and even there's sort of hints uh at the I think at the end of the song where maybe there's a little bit of resentment like oh you like my friends have figured things out that i haven't figured mm-hmm. out and i don't know if that feeds into the entire piltdown man thing of like oh that on the one hand that's a cool story you learn as a kid but also as a kid you're also always being fooled and i don't know what exactly what the song is about and i think the entire album is one that's going to resist easy uh lessons but uh, I'll enjoy just a, a stripped down production with interesting phrasing and a sweet childhood story any day and just le- leave the uh, excessive analysis to a different album, maybe. And just really stripped down instrumentation. And if you listen to Hopalong's full band albums, it's a very, you know, jammy kind of guitar sound with a lot of there's a lot going on instrumentally and this is just so simple and it really signals that she's doing things differently on this solo record. Yeah. I love that the, yeah, the only thing that goes for a percussion on this track is that sample of, you know, shoes on a gym floor. And it, again, it just so evocative of childhood, but thankfully there is real percussion elsewhere on the album. Like on the next track we'll play, which is your reply. Somebody wrote tender in the novel's margin. Stay. 
here where as the sound fleshes out, the lyrics get maybe a little more trying hard, a little more abstract and dropping references to books that no one has read, or at least I had never even heard of. Uh, closely watched trained by some Hungarian dude who you're, later fell out of a hospital window. You're really into the literary scene and you know what books are popular and which ones no I'm, one has I'm, heard of. I'm very into them. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I haven't heard of it, then it doesn't exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but no, I, I, as a moderately semi-educated person, I had not heard of this book, but it is, uh, sounds you, like a weird one. Have you heard of a book called Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng? Sure. It's just very popular. <laughs> It's been, it's been very popular for like the last year. Uh-huh. Just demonstrating a point. Yeah, I'm very into the literary scene. Well, it, in any case, I like, uh, you know, the deep cut references that like, doesn't matter if you catch them necessarily, but that sitting on a dead horse is a weird image. And then at the same time in the second verse, then going to yet another scientific uh, hoax of these documentarians throwing lemmings off of a cliff to show how they were committing suicide. Like, nope, they were being thrown off the cliff. And that it's, uh, you know, I think a lovely warm song with, again, a lot of darkness. Her vocals are just so wonderful. There's something about her voice. It's almost childlike, but raw. And and there are not this song in particular, but other songs on this record where she really just kind of like pushes it to the edge. And it's very compelling. Yeah. I love this little touch that we hear in the, at the end of that chorus where she just goes, no. And it's this kind of mm-hmm. whisper yeah. shout that yeah. is such a, an odd sound, but immediately engaging. And then letting that long pause before a reply of just like, oh, you have doubts and there may not be an answer. And the way that this record is produced is her, she feels like the mic is very close and it's kind of breathy and, just it feels very intimate and i think that adds to the her, the way that her vocals sound yeah that it's very you know very natural production all the instruments sound very i mean it's the acoustic guitar and piano and organ and like i did like i think a tiny hint of noticeable production where in the chorus we do get a very strong stereo separation mm-hmm. where they are going to throw piano all the way in the right ear and the tambourine all the way in the left ear and at least you know it's not showy but uh it's a nice touch to say oh we we did produce this we didn't just turn the microphones on and let them go well the next song that we will play called rare thing is a, a different direction it's very kind of electronic sounding and very produced
great percussion there at the end. There's a mix of synth production and then what sounds like live drums. And that's her brother, Mark, who plays drums on this record and also with her in Hopalong. And Joe Reinhardt, who's the guitarist from Hopalong, also worked with her on this solo record. So you might wonder, like, how is this different? And the songs were actually recorded in the same sessions in which they recorded their last album. But I think, you know, we've seen this from a number of solo performers who have bands and then made a solo record and it's different you know she explains in one of the interviews i read that with hopalong songs she does the original songwriting but then she brings it to the band and they jam and experiment with it and it often goes in a different direction with everyone's contributions and these are just songs that she wrote and arranged and are just the way she wants them and even though some of her band members are playing they're not it's it's a different songwriting process yeah, and it's the results speak for themselves. Like she is clearly a very talented arranger. There's such a richness here, and I think that we even uh, we actually came in on the second verse there. So there's a first verse that's much more spare and maybe a little more electronic, and then here that mostly strips away into a very rollicking rock sound with a great bass line, and then that just accent of those super fake sounding kind of hand <laughs> hand clap percussion, and then it trips you up or it tripped me up at least that it's after being this kind of synthy then rocky and then this little hint of harp coming in at the mm -hmm. end of the chorus and it's so appropriate for this kind of testament to how someone can be jaded and then have a completely innocent little toddler niece who just reminds me like oh the sort of innocence of a child and and even the most jaded person can maybe draw inspiration from that and it's very sweet so the next track we'll play is in a different direction called Detroit Lake. Across the table words fly Under dead they rarely collide Former wells are exhausted So you pose the question Are pigeons ever cannibalistic? sonic journey of this uh, of this particular song where we hear this very fake kind of hiccupy synth and bell sound and then that goes into kind of a conversation between that and very organic strings and then we go into the pre-chorus and it's incredibly lush string production that feels almost classical and epic and incredibly ambitious and then it softens into more of a folky kind of chorus and all around this kind of searching for meaning in a natural world that can be kind of harsh on itself. And then, of course, algae blooms being usually because of humans messing with the ecosystem. So there's a lot going on here, lyrically and sonically. It's 
Yeah, there's so much that sounds synthetic at the beginning of the song and, is, and also at the beginning of Rare Thing, which we didn't play when we, we played a later part of that song. But there are people credited with violin, cello, and harp. So the, we assume those are all organic string instrumentation. And it's so beautiful and it's such a good combination of sounds. And then, as I mentioned, her voice just sounds so organic and human and has such a an emotional quality to it that it balances things out really well. Yeah, it's you know these things where I think harp can so be overdone and I feel like here it's used very thoughtfully and carefully and the effects are fantastic. And her voice, I think she pushes into strange places and she does kind of speak really quickly and then drag out certain syllables. And it seems very strange when I think about it, but when I'm listening to it, it feels completely natural. She really pushes her voice on the next song we'll play, which is called A Secret. Impossible questions like How can you still talk to them? How can you still talk to them when that long shadow change of pace on the album because it is so kind of amorphous there's not traditional pop structures there aren't really verses and choruses there's just repeated elements but without a feeling of structure and i think you know it's you know a song that seems to be about trying to deal with maybe difficult family members and how how to maintain relationships where it's really painful and it, it's dark stuff and, and clearly she, it feels very emotional and yet ends with just the lightness of uh, 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 and that goes on for about a minute. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's a, a song that conveys a lot through just the style and the instrumentation and the vocal tone because the lyrics are really evocative and vague but as you said, the structure kind of meanders through and the way that her voice starts very kind of simple and melodic at the beginning and then gets really raw at the end, I think, 
contributes a lot to the way that the song feels. And I feel like it really takes you on an emotional journey as a listener. Yeah, it's so conversational because it's so about her voice. I mean, there's what, an acoustic guitar and I think some bass, but it's one of the more stripped back instrumentally. And because there's not that even that structure to hold on to, all you have is her voice. And yeah, these lyrics that don't give you a lot to grab onto, but yet convey a feeling very well. Yeah. So the next song we'll play is called Went to L.A. That's actually the end of that song, but it's the part that I wanted to play because it's the part that sticks with me so much about after listening to this album and the way that she you can hear that she leans back from the mic to just really belt it out at the end. And it's so powerful and it's just so emotional and her voice is so raw, but with the pretty harp in the background it is such a lovely combination. Yeah, I think this is a nice compliment. This comes right after that song, A Secret, and I feel like they're sonically very similar, uh, whereas that one was very stripped back, and this one is just a strummed acoustic guitar with the harp, and then you get to hear this kind of multi-tracking the vocals, which I think isn't really used much on this album, and it adds that, especially when her voice is going so raw, but then there's still also, I guess her voice just double-tracked, where you hear kind of a very ah nice, pretty voice while she's shredding her vocal cords. And I also enjoy how that song ended with that kind of uh uh-huh, uh-huh, where the not a word almost becomes meaningful after repetition. And here, heaven is a second, heaven is a second. And it's sung so many times and so out of control that it almost loses all meaning that when she finally says chance at the end, it it's so ironic. And especially after a little story of like the any romantic notion of LA being this land of opportunity is just like, well, it's the kind of town where you really shouldn't be alone in this part of town and the laundromat owners can give you ride home so you don't get mugged. And it's... Uh, but it's also a, just a someone being nice to you and noticing yeah. that you're by yourself. And Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that even in... So it's, it's that moment of grace in a time that maybe is pretty dark. And so she thought that going to LA was a second chance and in a way it ended up being, but probably not the way she expected. So the next song we'll play is called Lean. Lisa, show. 
after that emotional outpouring at the end of Went to L.A., we go into this song that's just a very pretty sort of traditionally traditional instrumentation, maybe a little bit experimental structure, but a song about her friend or maybe a grandmother or someone in the family telling stories and just asking her to tell tell her some more stories about her life or about the world. And it's just very kind of charming and quiet and it sets a really just soothing scene and I think it's a nice contrast and it really shows the emotional range on this record yeah I think this one I didn't really get a handle on in terms of like this song is about x which in the way that I feel like you did but it is really pretty I like the instrumentation it's very uh mostly very organic sounding uh, except for a, a few weird kind of hiccup and this like siren whistle we think maybe at the very end yeah it's like a yeah, it's very, it's almost, it's it very strange uh, to have that in there. Uh, and yeah, like almost like record scratching sounds mm-hmm. going on at the end. But uh, I do feel like it's it's kind of, there's these nice trio of songs, these three songs in a row that are, I think, more organic instrumentally and I think are structurally a lot more amorphous in a way that makes them feel less like songs and more just like a conversation between mm-hmm. the artist and the listener. And it's a nice stretch of I think very cohesive stretch of the record as we come into the last couple of tracks which I think swing way back in the much more produced direction and so we'll hear that next with the penultimate track now that I'm back about the the emotional range that she demonstrates on this record and I feel like this song helps demonstrate the instrumentalist range that she displays and the style range there's from a very kind of lean is kind of a traditional indie rock song that's very pretty and then this is a very electronic almost bass driven song that has a lot of organic elements but just sounds very artificial yeah, I love that it sounds like modern, I don't know, another. I feel like there's a lot of these, you know, serious musicians, but who are making really poppy, very electronic music. And this slots in there on one level, but I love that it's that we heard that chorus at the end and it's so catchy and yet it's all about, oh, I think we should talk. And it's that sort of feeling of 
being disconnected and trying to reconnect and it's it's really i feel like pretty dark song and i i'm not quite sure what it's about but it seems to be touching on ideas of mental illness and really struggling just to live in this world and yet it ends on this kind of triumphant note sonically even if it's just, I'm just let's talk and it and it throws in a lot of literary re- references from books that nobody's read like kafka's metamorphosis yes i've never okay even i've heard of that <laughs> As a member of the not quite literati, you know, <laughs> so you know, she, not everything has to be a deep cut. Yeah. But it is, yeah, a real, I think, uh, yeah, testament to her talent as a musician, testament to her talent as a lyricist. And the entire record, just there's so much range here. And I also appreciate that she doesn't outstay the welcome. I think these are really intense listens. It's not... And I'll, sometimes there are albums where, you know, I, I get to the end and I immediately want to go back to the beginning. No, these are kind of draining emotionally to listen to, but also you'll want to go back, but I feel like it's, you kind of need to step back and think over it before diving back in. Yeah. Normally we only play, we don't play all of the tracks on a record cause we just don't have time. But this is, we played a piece of all nine songs and the record is only 35 minutes long and it's, it's, it's very dense and it requires paying attention and i like the the way that you can kind of listen to it casually but then it draws you in and it make it made me want to listen to it over and over to try and understand what was going on with these songs yeah and it's certainly her talent as a songwriter i want to go and revisit hop along i had i think the misfortune of catching maybe a subpar a live set from them in austin one year and i think that turn me off from them but after hearing this record i think i should go back and check out those albums yeah in fact this morning when we were getting ready for the podcast i went back and listened to painted shut which was the 2015 hop along album that was critically acclaimed but i never it never really crossed my path and it's really great and so this is really going to make me dive back into some of those earlier records so that's i think the best case scenario to enjoy the record and then to inspire to check out more music as well yeah so the last song we'll play is a cover of a Built to Spill song called Carry the Zero, and we'll go out with that. We've been discussing Francis Quinlan's solo debut, Likewise, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. I'm 